Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you. We're on the stretch drive of the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. And that means that John Shannon is on standby on tie line number two. And John, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Board of Governors meeting. This has gone on a couple of days. Let, let's clarify right off the top. This was a two-day meeting in Pebble Beach, correct? Correct. The only way it's a three-day meeting is if you got a tea time. <laughs> Which I'm sure none of them had, right, at that course? <laughs> no, no, most of those guys have the, most of the owners have their own jets and were out of Dodge last night. It was all the media guys that were staying to play golf. I, I see. Well, you got to seize the day when you get the opportunity. <laughs> so, obviously, we know that Gary Bettman was pretty uh, steadfast on implementing some quick and harsh changes just to, uh, with respect to the transpirings of the last few weeks here in hockey culture and abuse and that sort of thing. Um is there anything out of this that we're going to start to see take an immediate effect? Or we, what, what can you speculate about that sort of thing? What did they accomplish in those two days? Well, and uh, the terms of hockey culture and trying to change hockey culture, I, I think most of the change is going to happen organically. And I think it's happened because of, uh, of the, the events of the last three weeks. And when you think of... Uh, what Bill Peters has gone through and and the episodes around that and uh, what Mark Crawford is still going through and the episodes around that there's a there was a common goal that I think in many ways what Gary did by doing his four-point plan was putting teams on notice so the the teams are going to have to prepare better themselves Uh, and it's 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 good it's going to be beyond that sensitivity training that he suggests that coaches are going to have to go through every September or at least when they start jobs in September. Uh, so from that perspective, this is this is something in many ways that I, I believe is organic. Uh, and it comes with change and it comes with society. And uh, Brendan, as you know, and as most of the listeners know, society has changed a great deal. The tolerance and intolerance, because there's two sides to every story, uh, has changed a great deal in the last decade, and and I think that hockey more than anything is just reflecting that. Now we're seeing it. It's the coaches, it's management, it's it's the people that wear suits, so to speak, that are are getting uh, most of the attention negatively right now. But in terms of the hazing incidents and that sort of thing, like are are we? Do you suspect that at some point we could start to see some players uh, put on blast, if you will, for for similar acts of abuse or or inappropriate behavior, if you will? Well, well, let's remember that uh, the NHL has punished players through the collective bargaining agreement 
uh, many times for what I, what is deemed a, a non-hockey action. Uh, uh, you know, some accusations of players against Wayne Simmons uh, followed up with fines and suspensions. Sean Avery uh, has been suspended for rather off-color remarks. I think the players, in many ways, um, are under have always been under the microscope, and and now I, perhaps they're under the microscope more. But because the there was a separation between league and players, the players were always held to that standard, and and now I guess the answer is they're holding the coaches and senior management to that standard as well. Chatting with our NHL insider John Shannon, um, John, do you think that if there's a change at the highest level, that grassroots hockey will start to follow? Do you think that it's something that needs to be sort of grandfathered in, maybe at a Hockey Canada level when you start looking at minor hockey, for example, or is this is this something that because it's garnered so much of the spotlight right now, as you mentioned, maybe these changes just sort of happen organically? Well, I mean, let's hope there are changes. Let's hope that people are are. Uh, more tolerant of each other and intolerant of bad behavior. Um, but And when you talk about Hockey Canada, Hockey Canada already has a code of conduct, have had a code of conduct for years, uh, particularly when it deals with officiating who are deemed as volunteers. Uh, Uh-oh. Let's wait a second to see if that kicks back in. If not, we'll get John on the horn. No big deal. That's why we have a text line here, 780-496-0063. I'll let studio producer Dave Campbell take charge of that. And in the meantime, let's get some more of your thoughts out there. This texter says, if they want to split up, if the Oilers want to split up, McDavid, Leon, Gagne needs to be the top in the top six. I know he isn't the best skater, but he's smart enough to be there. Have the other two be the main puck carriers. And then, okay, we got uh, we got John. Let me finish this text here. We'll get this all out. Uh, let the other two be the main puck carriers. Gagne will fill in better than a Nygaard or an Archibald. An interesting thought. I think Gagne uh, might struggle to keep up on a line with Connor McDavid, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. revisit that after see, this. You know, As you were saying, John. Right. <laughs> Well, I know, but actually, let's let's just talk about that for a second. Sure. It's funny, I because I think I think Nygaard, Nygaard's speed holds him in good stead. I'd love to see Sam Gagne at center. Uh, I just think he his moxie, his wherewithal, his ability to see the ice, his ability to manage with the young kids. Uh, I liked him when Ryan Nugent Hopkins went went out with a hand injury initially. Uh, Sam played center for a game or two and, you know, garnered a couple of points in that first game in Arizona. I, I'd like to see him get a chance there. I agree with, with you about his speed and Connor. It's difficult. But there's there's some way, there has to be some way to put Sam Gagne smarts in the lineup more than anything else. And j- just to, to, to finish off the, uh, the, 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 the tolerance and intolerance, let's all remember that Hockey Canada has a code of conduct it's just whether the people know how to enforce it you know and the difference between being in in minor hockey and being at the pro level is when you do it for a living you have a a a much greater hammer to deal with things like this when you're a volunteer in the politics i don't have to tell everybody about the politics of of minor hockey and and minor sports it's a difficult thing to manage yeah and Again, you say the code of conducts have been in place. That's a really good point. Now, the avenue for an NHL player to dial an anonymous hotline and not have to put his character at in jeopardy, rather, I think that's arguably the most um, successful thing to come out of these meetings, at least in my opinion, without having seen any of it put into action. So it just gives them a different avenue, I suppose, where they're not putting themselves at risk, right? 
that's an interesting one, uh, Brendan. I, you know, there are <laughs> relationships between players and coaches. Uh, you have to hope the players will take it seriously all the time, and you know they're not going to be making the phone call when they're ticked off about ice time, and and then use and use a blanket statement to uh, to criticize the coach. That's th those are difficult things. It's it's hard. I commend the NHL for for Gary and for Bill and uh, Kim Davis, who's a big part of this uh, the, the 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 socialization in the National Hockey League. Uh, she's done a, a very good job, uh, but this is this is not over. This is never going to go away, and they have to find a way to police it fairly. And that's a big word in our game today, fairly. Watching what's gone on in Calgary and Toronto since those coaching changes, do you think that there's some element of, okay, this is just a new coach, and regardless of, of who was there previous, we're going to play a little harder for the new coach? Because we see that. We saw it with Hitchcock last year right here in Edmonton. But how much of that do you think in a 6-0 and record, for example, for the Calgary Flames, is playing a little bit more freely under somebody who isn't necessarily the bad cop behind the bench? Yeah, I, I, I think there's something to it. The other thing is that Jeff Ward has has made some strategic changes to the lineup. Uh, you know, putting Derek Ryan between Milan Lucic and Johnny Goodrow seems to have worked and, and, and you know, obviously lit some fire under Luch. Uh, moving Michael Backlund to the wing so that you can still take advantage of his tremendous defensive responsibilities and then taking advantage of only half of what is needed on the offensive side because you have to do double the, the workload at center has proved to be positive. And let's remember, Cam Talbot has played two very good games in the last week for Calgary uh, at a time when they were really going to the well too many times with David Riddick. So th there's a lot of positives happening for Calgary. I do think that Ward, who has been able to stand beside Bill Peters and observe what, what is right and what is wrong, and now he's able to implement his own ideas, I think that that's, there's something to be said for that. In, in Toronto, I think you see a, a, a totally different philosophy how to play the game. Uh, I mean, I think Sheldon is... Uh, is more just you know release the hounds, let the hounds go, and and uh, the one touch passing, and uh, there's a there's a great deal of of more flow in the Maple Leafs game, and now what you're seeing uh, on the other side is the the desire and the uh, to play Anderson a bit more. We'll see if that becomes a big issue. Anderson was remarkable last night in Vancouver, uh, but guys, there are some guys that were acquired to play for Mike Babcock that are having a difficult time keeping up, like Jake Muzzin. So it, with every one of these changes, there's transition. And right now, the, the Flames have transitioned beautifully, and the Leafs have transitioned well, but not fully. And so that I think those are the challenges you have. So let's parlay this, John, back into Edmonton here. And I asked Brian Lawton this question earlier in the show is you see these teams respond to some sort of very uh, high-profile change, right? You, you get the coach, you get a new coach in, and you're playing well for the new coach, for example. But how how could the Oilers focus on, on getting a little more sustained success without having to make some sort of a major change, which we both know is not on the horizon? Well, I mean... Dave, you know, it's funny. If you listen to Dave Tippett at his opening press conference versus Dave Tippett last night, you would get a sense of now he really knows a lot more of what he has and what he needs. 
Um, you know, this was, we're going to play McDavid, you know, in, in, in June when he got hired, it was McDavid and, and Leon are going to play together and, and we're going to do this all. And you realize that if you do that, you're, you're putting so many eggs in one basket. How do you get everybody else motivated? Let's face it, the first two months, James Neal was a bonus. Worked out well. Well, James Neal has not had a, a, a good last three or four weeks scoring goals. Uh, Riley Sheehan has, has done what he was supposed to do. But really what's coming to play now is the depth of the team. And then on the blue line, I, w I would say, and this was to me, this was very obvious last night. Um, there was a lot of guys standing around. And I don't think that talks about major changes. I think that's just, you know, making sure the guys are fully focused all the time. And there was a lot of standing around in their own zone last night. And that you can't do that for against a team like Carolina, particularly on the power play. So I'll, I'll finish with this. You just said that Dave Tippett's getting a, a better idea of what he has at his disposal. I, I, I'm not asking for a specific date, but when does this team start to think, okay, we should probably we should probably add before this slips away? Still in first place, no real urgency as of quite yet, but when you see the other teams pushing from behind in the division, when do you think that Ken Holland might think, okay, now's the time to pull the trigger? Well, I think I think that there are uh, little discussions now about okay, what's the next step? You know, Kenny's a guy; he's very pragmatic. He does the standings every morning. He looks at the predictions every morning: where we're going to be, what we're going to do, who's moving, who's not moving. Oh, Calgary's only two points behind. Oh my goodness gracious! Arizona, we got a lucky break last night with Arizona losing to the Flames. So Kenny's thinking about this stuff constantly. The day that he will pull the trigger is a great question. Some would suggest 40 games in, some would say the all-star break, uh, and it, but it certainly will be, in my mind, before the trade deadline. Uh, but I, I think that, I think the turn of the calendar year, I think we once we get through the, uh, the blocked period of, of trades and waivers, I think if we're looking around January 1st, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kenny do something uh, in the first week of 2020. So there's there's no real potential here for him to just stay sitting on his hands and not make a move. You figure that, and, and it doesn't have to be of any grand nature, but something before the trade deadline is likely to happen. I, I mean, have I asked him that specifically? No. Right. Uh, do I believe and I, do I know Kenny's resume well enough to, to think that that's something that he would contemplate? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think he has to because I don't think he wants to see this great start, these 18 victories, go to waste. I, do, I don't think he wants to do that uh, at this point in his first year in Edmonton. John, thank you so much for your time. We'll connect soon. Okay, Brandon, talk to you later. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon. It's 147 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. We're back to wrap up the show after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. One fifty-one in the capital city. Put a tweet to our Oilers Now account, at Oilers Now. Well, I guess the show has made the annual full shift to being propaganda for a deeply flawed hockey team and a completely inept management team. 
Except you forgot that it's not the same management team that it had been for the last decade and plus or whatever. So really not sure where that's coming from. Propaganda artists, I don't consider us that. Of course I don't. I'm part of the show. <laughs> okay, let's get back to this text line. 780-496-0063. We talked a little bit about Josh Anderson. That came in from Oilers uh, GM. And he said that there's a chance that the team missed on guys like Hoffman, Burakovsky, and Robbie Fabry when they're available at low cost. Burakovsky, I don't know if he's a Western Conference player at that time that he was then being shopped. Turns out Colorado knew something. Robbie Fabry has never proven outside of his junior career that he's able to stay healthy. And if you hearken back to the year that Connor McDavid was in the World Juniors and would have been teammates with him, he was hurt then too. So what are you trading away as an asset to acquire that? Yes, a first-round pedigree is fantastic, but it doesn't mean everything. Call me crazy here, and this is a sword I can die on too. Wouldn't you love to see a guy like Brendan Gallagher here? I brought this up with Bob. Bob disagrees. Bob doesn't think that's a possibility. I do. I think that being an Edmonton product, maybe he brings a little bit of what this team is missing. How they acquire it, I haven't thought that far ahead, okay? That's for you to text me ridiculous trade suggestions on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. But I digress. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years for a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Bob is back tomorrow in the host chair. He will be doing so actually from Minnesota where the Oilers will play the Wild in a little jaunt out there, a one-gamer. 4.30 for the City Ford Face-Off show here on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock puck drop or shortly thereafter. A text from... Uh, oh, this is adorable. I've got a picture of a newborn baby. They predict four wins in a row for the new grandson, Dax, who was brought into this world not too long ago, son of Chantel and Kyle Badger. Congratulations to you guys, and let's hope for the Oilers' sake that that brings them a little bit of good luck. They're going to need it with the schedule. Dallas, St. Louis, both on the road. That's after Minnesota. Toronto's mixed in there in a hockey night in Canada game on Saturday, by the way. That'll be an absolutely electric atmosphere. Five o'clock puck drop, by the way, in that game. Pittsburgh following that quick short, or the road trip rather, down to uh, Dallas, St. Louis. Then it's Pittsburgh. Then it's Montreal. Then a road game in Vancouver. It does not get much easier for this team. The time is now to right the ship. The time is now to start stringing wins together, which I think is really what's been missing since the beginning of this season. A lot of factors contributing to that, but bottom line is it's tough to build confidence if you can't get any sort of head of steam going hand over fist, game over game. They're the only team in the league that hasn't lost three in a row. Fantastic. However... You ought to be able to string some sort of success together as well. Can I only imagine what's at the bottom of this text line right now? The Oilers need to acquire Hall to take attention off the two big boys from Don. I don't know how that's going to work on the books. Another texter suggests Alex Galchenyuk as a possible target for the Oilers. Is that a risk that you want to take? Again, I say yes, he's a third overall pick in his, di- in his day, but what has he done in any of Montreal, Arizona, or even now Pittsburgh to lead you to believe it would be different here? 
Sounds like we'd be setting up the fans for one of the whipping boys, as it were. Don't like that idea. Let's go to this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. You can join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers play the Hawks in Chicago. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. On this day back in 1992, the Oilers flip Kevin Lowe to the New York Rangers for Roman Oxieta and a third-round draft pick in 1993, which turned into Alexander Kirch. If you don't remember that name, it's probably with good reason. Tomorrow, as mentioned, Bob Stoffer coming back to the host chair. Uh, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque on his regular Thursday appearance. We'll also hear from Sportsnet's Brian Burke, presented by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service. Electrical prefabrication, and solar. Tonight on 6.30, Chet, we've got Inside Sports, and I'm blessed to have had the producer of Inside Sports behind the glass producing this show for me today. That's Mr. Dave Campbell. Appreciate it. Dave, what do you guys have coming up tonight at 6 o'clock? Well, we got our weekly visit with Kelly Rudy from uh, NHL on Rogers. Also, Mike Heike, who has covered the Dallas Stars for a long, long time. He is uh, writing for them or covering the Stars for DallasStars.com. Imagine that. Wes Walls, television uh, color analyst for the Minnesota Wild Cross Oilers and Wild tomorrow and we'll head to Halifax. Sarah Ritchie from Global News Halifax. Yesterday, Halifax City Council approving funding of $20 million for a new stadium for a potential CFL team on the condition that the uh, ownership group can find a better location other than the Shannon Park location. And uh, so that's what we'll do and much, much more and we'll of course dissect that Oilers loss last night. 6 to 8 o'clock tonight on 6.30, Chad. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. It's Brendan Scott saying so long from the 630 Chad Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.